Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM, hour number two of the program. I am Brady Cannon, along with Wes Reynolds, and we are live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, this Sunday, July 3rd, on a July 4th weekend here in the desert. And some updates on the golf course. JT Poston's lead has been cut down to just one shot. Emiliano Grillo getting a birdie on the par 5 10th hole. Poston is currently playing the 10th hole, and he found the rough with his drive, but now has uh, his third shot from what looks like about 100 yards Mm -hmm. to the cup. So he could have an opportunity to get that shot back there. Uh, But Wes, what is the latest on the odds board at BetMGM? JT Poston went into the final round as about an even money favorite. Yeah, Poston uh, about 106 here on his third shot at the par 5, as you mentioned. I called that pretty good. Yeah, you got it absolutely (laughs) right. Uh, Minus 165 though to go ahead and get this home. He's led throughout the entire tournament. First round leader 36 hole leader 54 hole leader but now the lead is as close as it's been really throughout the entire weekend he is only one ahead of emiliano grillo jt poston minus 165 plus 180 on grillo missed his eagle did make birdie here at the par five jt poston trying to match him and then scott stallings 25 to 1 not jt poston's best approach there he will have a look for birdie but that's probably about a little over 20 feet here so uh not exactly throwing the darts he has been scott stallings is the third choice i believe right now at bet mgm he is currently 15 under par five shots back but still at 25 to one and then callum Terran 33 to one he is currently at 16 under michael gligich also 17 under he is 40 to one bo hogue 16 under he is 40 to one denny mccarthy 15 under one over on his round today he is five back 50 to one so uh jt poston also all, all, all has some company right now really with emiliano grillo uh thinking about grillo over the years if you watched him a really good iron player mm-hmm. excellent ball Great striker ball striker but can always putt as well but nevertheless jt poston not doing as much today on the greens so he is only minus 145 here so starting to get a little nervy uh for me on jt post and <laughs> haven't been nervous all weekend but of course right when we have to do the show on the air that's nervous time you know that it's the only way it could be to, to get a little sweat here but uh jt post nevertheless still minus 145 to get this done yeah rarely do they come that easy uh taking a look at the baseball scoreboard the milwaukee brewers still leading the pittsburgh pirates two to nothing you're under in that game looking pretty good west they are now in the bottom 
bottom of the eighth inning and your live total for the game is just two and a half runs. Milwaukee trying to get another win over the Buckos, two to nothing currently in the bottom of the eighth. The Washington Nationals, they broke up the no hitter. Mm-hmm. They are on the board now. Miami still leading Washington, two to one in the bottom of the seventh inning. Washington still hitting. And the Tampa Bay Rays still crushing the Toronto Blue Jays, seven to one in the top of the seventh inning. Your live total there in that game is 10 and a half runs. The Atlanta Braves have surrendered that lead. They were leading the Cincinnati Reds one to nothing. They were no hitting the Reds. The Reds not only got a hit, but they got a few runs. They now lead Atlanta three to one, and it's the top of the ninth inning. Last chance for the Braves. Yeah, and and going back to Tampa Bay and Toronto, we talked about how the White Sox kind of hurting right now with injuries. Get some of these guys back healthy. Tampa Bay could also use that a little bit in their batting order. Uh, Margot's going to be on the 60-day injured list. Uh, he uh, hurt himself on trying to catch an Aaron Hicks fly ball, collided into the wall, and hurt his knee. So he's out for the interim. But Mike Zanino, Brandon Lowe, kind of waiting for these guys to get back a little bit. Uh, Rosarena was out for a few games, and he has come back. So Tampa Bay is a team that's starting to get healthier. Now, probably a big ass considering they are about 15 and a half games back at the New York Yankees at present time to win the AL East, but two wild cards this year in both division, in both uh, American and National League. So still right in the mix for that. Everybody really, except for the Orioles, who are playing not too bad ball in their own right, is right in the mix for that wild card position. But this is a big series for the Rays to get three or four in Toronto. How about the Cleveland Guardians leading the New York Yankees one to nothing and your in-game total? This is the bottom of the eighth inning. Your in-game total is one and a half and the over is plus money. Is New York not going to score at all in the eighth or the ninth inning? Everybody probably and their brother would be betting the New York Yankees in terms of an end game because they are the New York Yankees. But nevertheless, only one hit for the pinstripes today as uh, Tristan McKenzie, with probably his best outing of the season. McKenzie uh, strikes out seven, goes seven innings, only one hit ball, only surrendered uh, two base runners, one on a hit, one on a walk. So Cleveland trying to hold it down. Cleveland's another one of those teams kind of in that wild card chase a little bit looking to gain some ground on the Minnesota Twins but nevertheless one to nothing going in the bottom of the eighth so the last chance for the Yankees is going to be Rizzo, Stanton and Donaldson. The New York Mets still hanging on to a four to one lead over the Texas Rangers they are in the bottom of the seventh there in New York the Los Angeles Angels still hanging on to two to one advantage over the Houston Astros Houston batting in the home half of the fifth inning Baltimore now three to one over the Minnesota Twins that is in the top of the seventh inning there and your live total is at six and a half. The Boston Red Sox have taken the lead over the Chicago Cubs. Haven't been able to say that a whole lot in the last couple of days. Two to one in favor of the Red Sox in the top of the fifth inning. Your in-game total there is seven and a half. And the Arizona Diamondbacks draw first blood at Coors Field. They lead the Rockies one to nothing. Wes, let's take a look at some of the futures markets in baseball. Of course, Derek Carty was our guest in the last segment, and he's pretty high on the Atlanta Braves, and why wouldn't you be? Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., not even back in the lineup just mm-hmm. yet, correct? And, uh, you know, they have been absolutely red hot really since June 1st. I believe their record is 23-6. and six. And speaking of the Braves, by the way, leadoff home run for Marcelo Zuna. They surrendered that lead in the eighth, but it is Hunter Strickland coming on to close Hunter for the home Cincinnati Strickland. Reds. And you know Hunter Strickland very well from all his years in San Francisco playing for the Giants. Uh, this is a guy that's going to throw a fastball, 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 and sometimes those fastball, 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 Balls are going to get knocked out of the ballpark. One already here in the top of the ninth for the Braves. 
Well, let's take a look at the division odds in the National League East. Uh, Derek Cardi, of course, likes the Braves. They're currently at plus 160. The Mets are the favorite at minus 175, and there are the Phillies at 16 to 1. Now, the Marlins and the Nationals are massive long shots, basically a three-team race here in my mind, but the Mets minus 175, the Braves at plus uh, 160, and the Phillies 16 to 1 seems a little large for me. It does. And I think probably that's gone up a little bit because of Bryce sure. being out, uh, certainly for the Phillies, because the Phillies got off to a really rough start this year. And one of the things you worry about these guys, the bullpen, I think, needs a lot, a little bit of help. The defense needs a lot of help. Defense, oh. you're probably not going to help that much in the trade deadline. Maybe could get some help in that back end of the bullpen. But if you look, Bryce is out indefinitely with that, with that hand injury. But they've had guys in Segura still on the injured list with that uh, finger injury, but they have had guys, Philadelphia, that have stepped up this year, and they've had guys that have been called up. Uh, Bryson Stott is a perfect example, playing second base from right here in Las Vegas, went to Desert Oasis High School, so this is a guy that's really stepped up for them, and uh, you know, you look, Schwarber, has been terrific been in June, especially uh, Philly really was terrific in June, and now you see him three games over 500, but the Mets just aren't really giving up a lot of ground right now. Uh, they're still 18 games over 500. You have the Braves certainly coming. I think uh, they got off to a rough start, but they've had some young pitchers step up. Freed and Wright have been outstanding. The kid Spencer Strider is a Rookie of the Year candidate in the National League. I think he's like the third choice behind O'Neill Cruz of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, so, you know, looking forward to them. I think uh, the Braves are, you know, you, you kind of felt that water was going to find its level with that team, and certainly it has. Uh, but just Philadelphia, can they keep hitting to kind of mask their defense and a little bit of uh, their bullpen woes? Uh, Schwarber's been great. Castellanos, Hoskins, you look at the averages, nobody really killing it. But, you know, in terms of home runs, they can really knock the ball out of the yard. We'll see if they do that tonight against Wainwright, uh, who is a Mr. Ground Ball King for the St. Louis Cardinals. Not the uh, sexiest division in baseball, certainly the American League Central, but a competitive race nonetheless. The Twins are the favorite to win the division, and they currently lead. They are at plus 115. The Guardians are at plus 250, and they're currently in second place but the White Sox are the second choice on the odds board at plus 190 and you talked about it with Derek Cardi West that this team probably has the most talent in the division they've just been underachieving so is it worth a shot at plus 190 to win the AL Central I think that's where I would go if I would bet it uh, not only getting healthier in terms of behind the plate but you've also got to look at the fact that their pitchers are Almost all of them had career years last year. Mm -hmm. Giolito had a career year. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn just got back healthy about, I think he's like three starts in now, but he just came back a couple weeks ago. And then, of course, Keuchel now in Arizona. He disappointed and was just really bad to start the season. Rodone is now in San Francisco. So... You know, you wonder when this White Sox starting rotation is going to kind of feel itself. Maybe it does later in the season, but I think in terms of of just hitting the baseball, they're going to get healthier, and you got to think that they're going to come back a little bit. And uh, speaking of a comeback, did not take long for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, talk about home run Strickland. How about another rookie wow. of the year candidate? That being Michael Harris, who I believe is number two in terms of right behind O'Neill Cruz at BetMGM for the NL Rookie of the Year. He takes Hunter Strickland, uh, Oppo Taco 
show here, and it's now all tied at three at the Great American Ballpark. All right, real quick, of the big dogs at the top for the World Series, the Yankees at 4-1, to one, the Dodgers at plus 450, the Astros at plus 550, and the Mets at 7-1. to one. You want any of those big four for the World Series champion? In terms of a little bit of value, maybe the Astros at the top, because yeah. they have continued to hit. Uh, Justin Ver- division. Yeah, and, and Verlander, I think, look, they're going to probably try to slow him down a little bit here in the second half of the season and not have him pitch as much deep in the games. This guy absolutely should be a Cy Young contender and maybe even a Cy Young favorite in the American League, considering this guy comes back from Tommy John and doing what he's doing at his age for the Astros. I really enjoyed watching it. I'm happy for him. He's good for baseball. Yeah, the Astros absolutely have the weakest division out of all of those other contenders, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Mets. We'll come back with more in just a moment. Stick around. It's Betting Across America, brought to you by BetMGM. This is Betty Across America. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. On VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions you must be 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. And Wes, keenly uh, viewing J.T. Poston's progress or lack thereof, and he's been not so aggressive on his iron no. shots. Uh, he's been hitting some fairways couple missed fairways, but even when he is finding the fairways, he's really not flag hunting this Sunday. Another conservative iron shot there on this hole. Uh, that is the 11th hole. He still has a one-shot lead over Emiliano Grillo, JT posting at 20 under par, and Grillo at 19, but he's still got a good 30 feet for birdie. Right. I wonder if he's playing a little bit conservative right I now. I think he might be, and uh, Grillo, by the way, is really, I don't want to say he's the only chaser, but he's the, he's the only one close. Grillo, by the way, uh, 
left of the green. Uh, he's going to have to scramble for par at 12. He is at 19 under par. Grillo, 2-1 to one at BetMGM to get this done. JT Poston, by the way, minus $2. But nobody else really there. Uh, everybody, the cavalcade of players really tied for third, are at 16 under par. And look, uh, the hour's getting late here. Only about eight, eight, seven or eight holes of play for these guys. So uh, not a lot of time to make up ground. That triumvirate at three at 16 under, that's third. Callum Terran, Bo Hogue, Scott Stallings, Terran 33 to one, Stallings 12 to one. I think Matt Humans is aboard Stallings. So yes, he, he still has a, a dog in the fight here and Bo Hogue at 50 to one. But really, JT Poston, he, it, it's his tournament to win or lose. And it has been really all week. So, you know, eventually you got to, you got to get some of those darts. And he has hit some beautiful iron shots all week. Not so much this afternoon. He started out, I think on the first hole, he hit one to about two and a half feet. And that's really his only dart that he's hit today. But, you know, getting a little nervous. You haven't won since 2019. Yeah. And this is big stakes for everybody that kind of, you know, crapped all over the quality of this John Deere field this week. Look, uh, this is a lot on the line for these guys. It's a master's invitation. It's a two-year PGA Tour exemption. It's getting in the PGA. It's pretty much clinching your card, you know, not only the exemption, getting in the FedEx Cup standing. So a lot of pressure here. JT Poston, I think, goes about three feet by on his birdie, so he'll have a little bit to clean up there to maintain that one-shot lead through 11 with about seven holes to play. I'll give him a two-and-a-half-footer. I think that's inside yeah. three feet. Uh, he ought to be able to knock that in for par. Not much change on the baseball scoreboard, but the Washington Nationals have tied it up. They are tied with the Marlins now at two apiece. This is in the top of These the These teams, when inning. we came on the air, they were getting no hit. It's like all hope is lost, but uh, they play nine innings for a reason. So, uh, <laughs> and, and also, the Reds did, uh, Hunter Strickland did blow the save there. So now all tied at three. Reds going to have a chance here in the bottom of the ninth, but uh, a couple other scores we'll get to as well. Uh, Milwaukee, 2 nothing, top of the ninth over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Cleveland, I believe, has scored another run here in the bottom of the eighth to now make it 2 nothing over the Yankees. And the Astros have tied it up. The Los Angeles Angels continue to underachieve. I feel they've had a lead early in this series mm-hmm. against Houston, maybe in three out of the four games, but uh, they have surrendered that lead. It is now two apiece there in Houston. They are in the top of the sixth inning, and your in-game total is at seven. The Astros are actually minus 275 on the money line to go ahead and win this game. Uh, Wes, earlier this week, we certainly had a seismic shakeup in the world of college sports, specifically college football with USC and UCLA. They started the dominoes falling by moving to the Big Ten Conference, and uh, I saw a report on Saturday night, and I don't know if this is confirmed or if it's just speculation, but it makes a heck of a lot of sense, and that is Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State have applied for membership to the Big 12. Again, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that has been put in place just yet, but I can't imagine it's too far away. No, and that that makes a lot of sense because I think – We've kind of been talking about, look, Big Ten and SEC, you know, it's like SEC is the ESPN conference and the Big Ten is going to be the Fox conference. And we kind of scoffed at that when people talked about that all these years ago. Now it's like, okay, this age well, because this looks like it's going to happen. But really, the Big 12 probably is in the best of those non-two of the SEC and the Big Ten, if you call those the big two, the one probably in the best place would be the Big 12 Conference. They, of course, are already expanding with losing Oklahoma and Texas. So now you're adding BYU, you're adding Houston, you're adding UCF, Central Florida, you're adding Cincinnati. 
They have more than 12 teams right now, right? Yes, yes, they do. Do they so, have about 14? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's the current number. But So if you add Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and ASU, and then you bring along Cal and Stanford, that's a heck of a 20-team Yeah, conference. that gets you to 20, obviously, that uh, RIP, the the uh, Pac-12 here. but Well, look, it seems like that is, you know, we're headed that yeah, way. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. Washington it's and Oregon go to the Big 12. Bit. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, I think that would be a great landing spot. Obviously, you want to look and see what the Big Ten's options are because I think the Big 12 is in a better position than the ACC is. Yes. Because what's to say the ACC isn't going to get pilfered like the Big Ten is doing with the Pac-12? What's to say with the ACC that Miami doesn't all of a sudden go to the SEC? Right. Or Clemson doesn't go to the SEC? Obviously, South Carolina would love to prevent that. But I, I don't think, you know, Tim Brando, we had on the edge earlier this week, and he said there's some political constraints there where mm-hmm. South Carolina and Clemson might not, that, that might not work. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. So yeah. that would mean Clemson to the Big Ten, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think so, absolutely. Because I think with the Big Ten, too, you know, it's mostly sports. And people kind of say when you bring up academics like, ha-ha, wink-wink, nobody cares about that. Yeah, but, student athlete. But USC <laughs> and UCLA, I do think, fit in the Big Ten in terms of their academics. Sure. You know, it's mostly either private institutions or it's land-grant uh, research universities, which UCLA obviously qualifies for that. And it doesn't... Adding UCLA and USC does certainly does not hurt your academic profile. That's why I think it's so ridiculous when I'm hearing, you know, all of this addition for these major conferences where it's like, oh, Vanderbilt, they're going to kick them out of the SEC. I'm like, are no, you kidding me? No. They bring them some panache and some cachet in terms of... An academic school in the conference and they were saying the same thing about like indiana and purdue in the big ten it's like those teams those are charter members of that conference they are going nowhere this is going to be addition this is not going to be subtraction but the acc is going to be an interesting player in this because we just talked about clemson what about miami going to the sec or florida state all of a sudden you do that and you've got the three biggest schools in the state of Florida there in the SEC, which I think they would absolutely love to have. Uh, Miami, Those are all very good academic yeah, institutions. Yeah, Miami by the way. especially too, because don't count out the Big Ten necessarily for the U as well. But we know that the bell of the ball is is Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is going to decide. I think they're kind of the next domino to fall. They don't need the ACC. The ACC needs Notre Dame. If the ACC, I think, is going to stay intact or even close to intact. They've got to get Notre Dame now, and they've got to get the assurances Notre Dame does that, hey, all of a sudden we join here, and we're not getting North Carolina getting stolen or taken by the SEC or Miami or Florida State or what have you. It's like we are coming here, and you've got to keep all these member institutions in place. So Notre Dame, I think, is the next domino. The Big Ten geographically, not that geography matters anymore, based right, on what we saw but It just three seems days to make ago. too much sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, because Notre Dame, if you put them in for football, which is going to decide this, you've got natural rivalries for Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. You've got Notre Dame and USC. Michigan. You've got Notre Dame and Michigan. You've got Notre Dame and Michigan State. Notre Dame and Penn State was an old school rivalry in the 80s. Notre Dame and Michigan State have played for years, so all of a sudden, that makes a lot of sense, but you know, it's all going to be determined by the TV. It's all going to be determined by not only the players that we know we have, that's ESPN and that's Fox. What does CBS want to do? Do they want to stay involved in college athletics from a football perspective? Apple TV wants to get involved in more of these streaming services. What does NBC want to do? Because NBC, of course, still has the contract with Notre Dame. 
Well, J.T. Poston, it looks like uh, the conservative march is on here as he uh, plays the par 3 12th hole. And Grillo is, just bogeyed, by the way, at number 12, so he is now two back. Right, right. Grillo now two back, and uh, maybe that adds to J.T. Poston's conservative shot there. He's on the green on the 12th, pole, 12th hole par 3, but he's probably 50 feet away from the cup, so he will certainly have I a challenging I wonder if Poston has there. been reading that those Emiliano Grillo putting statistics, and that's why <laughs> he's not exactly... Exactly going flag hunting here. Uh, Christopher Goddard up. He's at 16 under par through 17 holes. Christian Bezadenhout making a little push here. Mm-hmm. He's got four holes left to play. He's a guy that can get really hot with the putter, too. He is Absolutely. one of the best putters probably worldwide in the game of professional touring golf. Well, you look at the top of the leaderboard here. He, JT Poston, and Christian Bezadenhout are certainly the best two putters there within striking distance of one another. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So uh, far from done yet. So uh, JT Poston uh, might not want to run out the clock here necessarily, even though he is minus $3 at BetMGM plus 275 for Grillo. Next guy in third being Scott Stallings, 16 to 1. About another eight holes of sweating here for my partner, Wes Reynolds. It is I am not over to perspire yet. a little bit here. It's hot here this weekend well, it's on hot the 4th in of Silvis, July. Illinois as well. The Quad Cities there. I imagine the Midwestern fans there experiencing some humidity. We'll be right back with a fun game coming up, an NFL game on the other side of Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily baseball best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. And if you want the full VEASAN experience, which features daily best bet emails, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost, again, only $19. to be a subscriber through July 31st. Check it out and sign up at vcin.com slash summer. JT Poston rolls in a par on the 12th hole there. He hangs on to a two-shot lead with six holes to play, a two-shot lead over Emiliano Grillo at the John Deere Classic. Wes Reynolds, currently the sweat is on. He's got JT Poston at 55-1. to And our buddy Ian McDonald, who uh, uh, is a fan of the network and comes out here a few times a year, visits us, and has always been very complimentary of us, he is actually out there at TPC Ah. Deer Run this afternoon and said, never ever sell TPC deer run short on a final round Sunday. Tricky pin placement. So, look, they shoot low all week long. And then on Sunday, you know, when the pressure's on, and look, this is a little bit of a down quality field, as we mentioned. Uh, either some guys are playing the live event, there were a couple in the Irish Open, and then there are a lot of guys taking the week off that are going to be playing that JP McManus Pro Am starting tomorrow. And that goes through Tuesday, July 4th and 5th. So, this is a huge opportunity for these guys because this is like, I can go ahead and wrap up my PGA Tour card and get a win, improve my world ranking points, my FedEx Cup points, if maybe I want to get started on a run to maybe make the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup. So this is huge for these guys. So this is a lot of pressure. So we're not besmirching the John Deere Classic here necessarily. Uh, By the way, we do have a walk-off in Cincinnati. Uh, The Reds go ahead and load the bases. Tommy Pham with the single. 
Uh, Votto walks. Uh, India hit by a pitch. Albert Almora brings him in. Four to three. Reds get a rare win. 27 and 51 now on the season. All right. Very good. And uh, yeah, we talked about this uh, this course, TPC Deer Run in this tournament. It's very well supported by the fans out there in the Midwest. It's a very good golf course. Very consistent year in and year out. So even though the field is down, uh, it is absolutely one of the better tournaments on the PGA Tour uh, by one of their biggest sponsors, John Deere, of course. All right, we are now going to play a game that involves the NFL. We're going to call it Same Face, New Place. And we're looking at some of the players that have switched teams. We'll be with new teams in 2022 and some of the prop bets that are being offered at BetMGM. And we'll start with Russell Wilson, of course, the former Seattle Seahawks quarterback, now with the Denver Broncos. And you can go over or under passing touchdowns for Russell Wilson at 31 and a half. And you can also go under or over uh, passing yards for Russell Wilson at 4100, 4,100 yards and a half under or over for Russell Wilson. Now, if you look at what he did last season, he only played in 14 games last season. You remember the injury he had to his finger. But the three seasons prior, he played in at least 16 games in all of those seasons, and he averaged over 36 touchdown passes for those years and almost 3,900 yards passing. So those would indicate over on the touchdown passes and under on the yards. Yeah, and uh, no, prob- arguably not any team in the NFL, when you look not only on the field but off the field, has had more transition than Denver Broncos' new ownership. Of course, now taking over, the Bowling Trust has finally sold that uh, Denver Broncos team. And you have a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who comes from Green Bay, was the offensive coordinator. So Nathaniel Hackett now takes over as the head coach. So more of an offensive mind, uh, uh, certainly, than the previous regime, I think. So uh, new owner, GM back for another year, that being George Patton, and then Nathaniel Hackett. So you got to think, okay, he wants to throw the ball a little bit more, and that's why you go and get Russell Wilson. You you knew they were going to get some kind of quarterback, really, there in Denver, but Russell Wilson, I think maybe more than the market thought that they were going to get, because once that happened, that actually crashed a little bit on Super Bowl futures. So uh, we shall see, you know, in terms of uh, what they're going to be bringing back, they've got a couple guys that are on expiring contracts this year. And I always like to look at that because I'm thinking, okay, what are they going to produce? Are they going to produce in the contract year? And one of them being Melvin Gordon, their running back. Him and Javante Williams are kind of going to be the co-one-two punch there. Denver has always been able to run the ball because they've always run that zone-blocking scheme. So you look at who Russell Wilson has around him. He has Tim Patrick, who I think had a really breakout year last year. Jerry Judy, assuming he comes back healthy. Cortland Sutton. So that's not a bad group of receivers necessarily. And then you have... uh, uh, Alberto, uh, you'll try to pronounce his name. I'll leave that for you. <laughs> Oakland Bun- Bunham, uh, Never West. Number 85 for Denver. He's a pretty solid tight end. So they've got, you know, I think some weapons. They're not those weapons that, like, you know, dazzle you where it's like, okay, they're one of the top receivers in the league. So it's not like they're necessarily loaded. But I think they've got an offensive line that has kind of developed and got some cohesiveness going together. You know the defense is going to be pretty good. So just looking at Russell Wilson, these numbers still seem high for a team that can run the ball, to be honest with you, especially on the yardage for me. Uh, I, I'd be with you absolutely on the yardage, but I think I would play over on the touchdowns. Yeah, I don't disagree the, with you. The point you made, Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just that inherently, the change from Vic Fangio 
That well, would be re- reason for me well, to go Well, I think over. these tight ends and some of these receivers, they're going to get a lot of touchdowns in terms of that short yardage. And plus the fact uh, Russell Wilson is always a threat to run. Yep. And he could still. Absolutely. I don't think they want now, him running be, as much in check Seattle. you got to check the rules here. I believe that's passing TDs. It, it, it is yeah. passing TDs. But, but what I was saying is he's still a threat to run. So you got to think, okay, we can't go and be aggressive too much because he can get out of the pocket. Right. He's a running threat. And then that obviously leaves receivers and tight ends in the very back of the end zone wide open so would lean to the over on the tds but i think of the yards i would be wanting to go under here i think this team would be able to run the ball yeah the yards do seem a little strong there at 4100 and a half all right Devonte adams same face new place of course he will be right here in las vegas nevada with our vegas raiders catching passes from Derek Carr and his under over on receiving touchdowns is 10. His under over on receiving yards is 1,250 and a half, 1250 and a half. Now, Devonte Adams over the last three seasons, he has averaged over 1400 yards receiving and 14 touchdown catches per year. I almost want to go over on all the Raiders stuff because yep. I think that that offense I'd is going to really be improved with Josh McDaniels and, you know, kind of running the ship there offensively, getting his second chance to be a head coach. But the Raiders are going to have a lot of targets. So Derek Carr is going to have to spread the ball around a little bit, not only to his old Fresno State Bulldog, Devontae Adams, but also Darren Waller. I, I, I know we were kind of joking like earlier in the season where it seemed like Darren Waller got targeted like 30 times a game when John <laughs> Gruden was still running the show here in Las Vegas, but I don't think his targets are necessarily going to zip. I think he got one of the the best uh, tight ends in all of the NFL. Renfro underneath in terms of the of the slot game. So you look, this team does have a lot of weapons. They've got some good young receivers too, other than Adams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Stoner and Robinson, Keelan Cole. So you look, Derek Carr. I think is sneaky, like you know, going over all his props, too. I know he's not part of our little segment here, but going over on the touchdowns, going over on the yards. So I certainly don't want any piece of the under on Devontae Adams. And I know it's inflated already, but gosh, I can't make a case for the under. You know, I've got my Derek Carr MVP bet at 40 to 1. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll see if the stars align on that. All right, one more before we go to break here. Tyreek Hill, of course, the same face, but the new place is the Miami Dolphins for Tyreek Hill. His uh, touchdown catches is eight and a half. You can go under or over that. And his receiving yards is just under 1,100, 1,099 and a half. And if you look at Tyreek Hill, what he's done, he's played over 12 games in three of his last four seasons. And in those years, he's averaged over 1,300 yards receiving and 12 touchdown catches. Well, at how much faith do you have in Tua, I right. think, is going to determine this year. Mike Very McDan- different quarterback. Mike McDaniel comes in. He was the offensive coordinator in uh, San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan. So and gotta- what was he? A big guru behind the run. Yes, exactly, especially with those receivers. So you might see Tyreek Hill. Are they going to use him quite like they use Debo Samuel in San Francisco? Yeah. I think they're going to do a little bit of that because Kansas City did that. Why wouldn't you get the cheetah with the ball in his hands on an end around <laughs> or a reverse or something. So it's not necessarily going to be uh, down the field. And Miami, you know, they're deep a little bit in the backfield here with Edmonds and Gaskin and Sony Michelle, Raheem Mostert, a lot of veterans there. We'll see who emerges and get most of those carries. But, you know, Tyreek Hill is going to be the number one, the number one guy, but they also have Jalen Waddle, who they drafted out of Alabama, who's going to get some touches as he, as he returns to health here. So 
Uh, looking at Tyreek Hill, I would be a little bit more want to be on the under on receiving yards because I think this is a guy that's probably at some point going to get 200, 250 yards just on the ground on in and rounds and reverses. The total for touchdown catches does seem a little bit low at eight and a half. I could definitely see him getting to nine. And by the way, don't look now, but Christian Bezadenhout rolls in his second birdie in a row. He is now at 17 under par and three back of your leader, JT Poston. One more player to play the game with here. Same face, new place when we come back on the other side of Betting Across America brought to you by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. On Sunday, you can place a $25 one-game parlay on any Major League Baseball game, and you'll receive a $10 free bet that you can use on any sport regardless of your bet's outcome. Log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get a free $10 bet to use on any sport when you place a $25 one-game parlay on any baseball game. Turn the game into showtime with the king of sportsbooks, Major League Baseball, Trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or a site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The promotional is, uh, promotional offer is not available in Mississippi, Nevada, New York, or Washington, D.C., Welcome back to Betting Across America, brought to you by BetMGM. A couple of finals in baseball. The Mets take out the Tigers 4-1, to and the Cleveland Guardians get past the Yankees 2 to nothing. Wes and I were just talking about that in-game total at mm-hmm. one and a half runs, and the over was plus money, and this was in the top half of the eighth inning. Well, Cleveland, that was actually the bottom half of the eighth inning. Well, Cleveland was able to get to another run to make it 2 to nothing. so you would have cashed that one if you jumped on the over. There was still a, a good inning and a half yeah. left of baseball there. I was surprised to see the over at plus money. Yeah, especially with the Yankees and yeah, how and they potent had they could be. Coming up and, and by Rizzo. the way, the Yankees only had one hit today. Uh, Tristan McKenzie wow. did the uh, large share of the work there, seven innings strong. So Cleveland gets a win two to nothing. Milwaukee, by the way, does put away the Pirates. Got a little dicey though. A lot of base runners here. A lot of traffic on the base pass for the Pirates, but they don't get home. Josh Hader had to go 33 pitches, but nevertheless, Josh Hader does what he normally does, and that's 
get a save for the Milwaukee Brewers. So they go 10 games over 500, beat the Buccos 2 to nothing. Two-run homer, by the way, in the top of the ninth. I was just stepping out of the studio here during break, heard some claps in the book. I think some people had the Marlins. Jesus Sanchez uh, makes them applaud. Two-run homer here, top of the ninth, 4-3. to three. So Marlins going to try to put down this save against the Washington Nationals in the bottom of the ninth. The Arizona Diamondbacks cruising in Colorado, 5 to nothing. They lead the Rockies in the top of the sixth inning. Interesting, top of the sixth inning, 5 to nothing Diamondbacks, and your total has come down at Coors Field. The in-game number is 9.5. Still no score between the Chicago White Sox and the San Francisco Giants. They're in the top of the third inning there. Your in-game total there is at 6.5. Over in the John Deere Classic, West got a little bit of a break there with Emiliano Grillo facing a bogey or even double bogey possibly it looks like he may have dropped a couple shots there did Emiliano Grillo which was mm-hmm. the closest pursuer of JT Poston Poston now at 20 under par through 13 holes and it looks like he's got a three-shot advantage yeah. the biggest threat right now Christian Bezadenhout we talked about it another mm-hmm. good player and a very good putter yeah he's currently 18 to 1 uh, Bezadenhout uh, by the way he is at 1700 Poston now has a three-shot lead so all of a sudden remember it was getting closer to even money where he started on the overnight. He was like minus 135. It's like he only had a one-shot lead. He's not really pulling away, being a little conservative perhaps with his irons. But now all of a sudden, JT Poston minus $8 here as Grillo does bogey on the 14th. He is currently 20 to 1, three shots back. Scott Stallings at 25 to 1. Callum Terran still out there, three shots back at 33 to 1. Denny McCarthy, four back, I believe, at 100 to 1. And Bo Hogue is at 200 to 1. Only eight players priced on the board right now at BetMGA. So, uh, look, JT Poston, uh, just don't make mistakes here. Fairways and greens, and he's probably going to get this home. All right. We have some big golf events coming up as soon as tomorrow. The 4th of July will kick off a big string of events in the world of golf. The J.P. McManus Pro-Am will be played on Tuesday, on Monday mm-hmm. and Tuesday in Limerick, Ireland. Yeah, I believe and- our buddy Jeff Sherman over at Superbook did put up some odds for that tomorrow. Rory McIlroy, the favorite, 10-1. to 1. Then McIlroy, by the way, the only guy not in the top 10 not playing in the Scottish Open right. next week. So that field is going to be absolutely loaded. Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, they're 12 to 1 in the Pro Am. Thomas and Chaffley, 14 to 1. So you look at these guys. Cantley's playing in it. Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, Burns, Spieth, DJ, Tiger Woods, uh, by the way, 50 to 1 at the uh, JP McManus Pro Am. So going to be a very busy week now. Uh, we do have the alternate event on the PGA Tour, the Barbasol Championship next week down at Keene Trace in Kentucky. But That field at the Scottish Open, now that it is a sanctioned event, not only the DP World Tour, but also the PGA Tour is an official event on the PGA Tour schedule. That field, that that field's going to look like a major championship next week. Well, the uh, commissioner of the DP World Tour, I can't think of his first name. Keith Pelly. Pelly, yeah, okay. Pelly called it the best field that they've had for the Scottish Open ever. Yeah. Uh, 14 of the top 15 players in the world rankings will be there. You mentioned Rory McIlroy, the only one that will not be participating and just taking the week off Mm -hmm. before the major because next up is a course he calls his favorite, the old course at St. Andrews. There are already guys over there preparing. I, I saw a little funny video I shared on Twitter from Jordan Spieth's Instagram. He was playing 
Lane Lahinch, which yeah. uh, you know is an <laughs> with old the goat. I, yeah, with which is an old Irish Open venue, and he was playing, I believe, with Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. They're already over there, and right behind Speef, he was taking an iron shot into a green, and there's goats all all over the course. So it was like I like goats on the field to play more, and I like shotgun starts on the live tour. But nevertheless, everybody getting prepared. Last major championship of the year at the old course at St. Andrews. And look, the home of golf, every single person, there's there's only those select few courses, right, Brady, that you really, really want to win on. And St. Andrews, certainly one of them, Pebble Beach here in the United States, but just so much history over there. Yeah, absolutely. This is a beauty. And they used to play the Open Championship at St. Andrews about every five years. But because of COVID, it has now been seven years since we last saw the old course host the Open Championship 2015 when Zach Jack Johnson won in a playoff over Mark Leishman and Louis Eustazen. Some of the odds for the British Open, Rory McIlroy. Both Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods call this their favorite course mm-hmm. in the world. McIlroy at 10-1. to 1. These are all at BetMGM. Scotty Scheffler at 12. John Rahm at 14. Justin Thomas at 14-1. to 1. Colin Morikawa, your defending champ. His very first British Open that he played in, he won. He's at 20-1. to 1. Matthew Fitzpatrick, your U.S. Open champion. He's at 20-1. to 1. Willie Z at 22 Xander Shoffley at 22, Cameron Smith at 25, Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantley, and Shane Lowry also at 25. And I know one. that you already took a number on Tiger Woods, who, oh, by the way, has won twice on this course, yes, the old has. course at St. Andrews. Uh, remember, 2008 stroke win over Thomas Bjorn and Ernie Els uh, to be 19 under. He won his uh, first Open Championship there, and then he won in 2005, five shot win over Colin Montgomery. So, you know, sometimes you get a horse for course. It's 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 like Tiger at like Bay Hill or some places like that where it's like, you know, he might be a little bit out of sorts, but it's like it's not going to shock you even in his form if he's on the leaderboard here at St. Andrews. Nobody's going to know this course any better. You know, I learned my lesson in 2019 when he won at Augusta National. Yeah, so did I, because I we I think you and I both had a couple contenders and it's like, but we didn't have that guy in the red shirt on yep. Sunday. And we yeah. should have never doubted him. Right. He knows that course better than anybody once, that was uh, in that field. Once Francesco Molinari hit that ball in the water on Race Creek in 12, Tony Finau, I think, also went in the water. That's when it's Kept like, okay, in the water. They here, all come, in the here water. comes the big cat. He's lurking now. And then all of a sudden, the roar happens at Augusta, that familiar roar when Tiger Woods makes a great shot and makes a great birdie. And then all of a sudden, it was all she wrote. Yeah, and so I don't want to fall into the same trap here. I saw how he did at Augusta National this year, and it wasn't necessarily the game, in my opinion, that led to his demise, Mm -hmm. and he made the cut, uh, which I think is completely admirable uh, as far as what he was dealing with health-wise. I think it was much more of an issue of his health and not being able to walk what is a very hilly course in Augusta National. Same is true with Southern Hills for the PGA. Not as dramatically hilly as Augusta National, but still a tough one to walk, and Tiger Woods was able to plug through that as well. But now you get a course where he's won at twice. I mean, he, again, we, we have the same storyline here. He's more familiar with this place than anybody in the field. Basically he's won here twice before and it is extremely flat. It's not going to be that difficult for him to walk. So Mm. all those things put together, I took a shot at him at 50 to one right after the masters. Now the odds were kind of reset here at circa and at the Westgate in town as this field started to come to fruition for the 150th edition of the open championship and Tiger was reposted at 85 to 1 here at Circa and 80 to 1 at Westgate. He is currently, at last look, 
60 to 1 at Westgate and now down to 53 to 1 here at Circa. You know, I, I still think those are fair prices, though. And I'm, I may, and I have not bet Tiger Woods in a long time, I may have to have at least something on him, <laughs> almost as like a saver, if you will, because it's like, man, I know everybody in the world's going to bet him. It seems so public and so obvious, but you know what? I feel like you got to have a little bit on him. And by the way, to the Open Championship, I know we're about to hit a break here. We're still watching the John Deere Classic. A lot of pressure not only to win this event and to get those FedEx Cup points and that two-year exemption, also the top three guys not in the Open Championship. They're going to get spots. We saw that in the Irish Open today. John Catlin, David Law, Fabrizio Zanotti will now play the old course at St. Andrews here in two weeks. And these guys uh, feeling the pressure a little bit on the back nine here in the Quad Cities. Yeah, Christopher Goderup may be uh, headed to St. Andrews to play in the 150th edition of the Open Championship. We'll continue the conversation a little more on the other side. Also, some NBA to talk right here on Betting Across America. If you Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 